I'm going to start a sermon series called The Witnesses. The Witnesses. Everybody shout, The Witnesses. Come on, everybody shout, The Witnesses. So, and the reason that we're starting a sermon series today is because uh, Easter is coming up in approximately four weeks. Everybody shout, four weeks is Easter. And so, as we prepare our hearts for Easter, I'm going to take us on a journey to Sunday. The witnesses, a journey, a journey to Sunday. And so, for the next four Sundays, I'm going to explore to you witnesses in the Easter story. I'm going to pick a particular person that's found in the Easter story every week, and we're going to study their character. We're going to study about this person and how that person is related to the Easter story or the Easter narrative as a whole. I want you right now to prepare your hearts for Easter, for Good Friday, for the Easter celebration. My friends, this is just not a story for us just to read over every year. But this is a story for us to become a part of. Let's put ourselves into the narrative. Let's live this story. Let's put ourselves there and let us grow by reading this story. Let us become all we can be as we prepare for Easter. And I encourage you as I preach these Easter sermon series, as I preach these Easter sermon uh, Easter sermons, I want you to each week ask yourself, Am I that character? Am I more relatable to that person than this person? And so every week I want you to prepare. And even on Good Friday, because we have church on Good Friday, because we celebrate and we honor the Lord's death. It's interesting to me, Jesus never said to honor his resurrection, even though it's very important and we should. Jesus said to honor his death and to remember his death. And so on Good Friday... I'll also continue this sermon series, and I will bring out witnesses on Good Friday, and we're going to talk about how they're relatable to the Easter story. So every week, we're going to deal with the witnesses, a character that's found in the Easter story. And this morning, for a few moments, we're going to talk about the Apostle Peter. We're going to look at his life And we're going to see how his life relates to the Easter story. Lord, we pray that you open up our ears and our hearts, that we would receive your word, and that your word would go forth in power, and your word would go forth in boldness. And everybody shout a great big amen. How many's ever stood before a a mirror trying to look at yourself and trying to comb your hair to make sure every hair is in place? One person. How many ever looks, come on, and and you try to comb your hair in such a way to make sure that every hair is in place? And the reason that you do that is because you don't like your imperfections. You want to make sure that you are well-groomed and you look good for whatever you're doing that day. You want to have a good presentation. Well, sometimes we need to look spiritually into our life And we need to look at the imperfection spiritually in our life. And I am so glad that there are people in the Bible that are not perfect. I mean, there's lots of people in the Bible that's not perfect. And lots of people in the Bible that's messed up. 
How many would agree with me that there's lots of people in the Bible that's messed up and you probably wouldn't hire them to be your pastor? You wouldn't hire probably Peter to be your pastor. You wouldn't hire Judas to be your pastor. You probably wouldn't hire Doubting Thomas to be your pastor. But all of those people had imperfections in their life and God still used them. He still used them. And those people went on and they did great exploits for the Lord. Because God uses our imperfections. And one of the people in the Bible that I find is full of imperfections is Peter. And, and Peter was one of the main apostles. He's one of the founding members of Christianity. In fact, there is a worldwide religion who names him as the first pope. I mean, this man is pretty popular now. But if we could go 2,000 years back, in Christianity, he wasn't that popular. Now there are churches that's named after him. Now there's a worldwide movement that names him as their first dearly beloved leader of their church. There's churches named after him and hospitals named after him. Orphanages are named after him. He's quite popular nowadays, but 2,000 years ago, Peter wasn't that popular. In fact, the scripture tells us that Peter's original name is Simon. It was later changed by Jesus to Peter. One of the closest, one of the closest disciples of Jesus was Peter. He was a fisherman by trade. He grew up in everyday Judean life. He went to work every day. He came home. The scripture says he had a family. He, we know he was married because he had a mother-in-law. Because Jesus prayed for his mother-in-law. So he was an ordinary guy living in ordinary time doing ordinary work. Just an ordinary guy. A decent guy. He wasn't rich. He probably wasn't really poor. He just lived a decent life. Because a good fisherman probably made a good living. He knew what he was doing. He was blessed. Had a wife. Had a family. He was a fisherman by trade. But yet, he was a man that probably had a little bit of trouble with anger. You know, he was the man that took out the sword and, and chopped off a servant's ear, the soldier's ear. He, he probably had a little bit of problem with anger. He was always quick to speak, always running his mouth. <laughs> How many's ever met somebody that ran their mouth too much and was full of anger? Come on. Well, if you're full of anger and you run your mouth too much, guess what? You're a perfect candidate this morning for God to use. Peter probably ran his mouth a little bit too much. He made harsh decisions very quickly. He, here is a man that God used greatly. And as I look throughout the stories, the Gospels, to look about Peter and to study about Peter's life, I'm telling you there's a plethora of information about Peter. And for the sake of time, I cannot talk I cannot discuss everything about Peter this morning, but there are four things I want to tell you about Peter that I believe relates to the Easter story, and it also relates to your life this morning. Number one, this is the first thing that I want you to see about, East, uh, about Peter in the Easter story. Number one, just because you have messed up, don't go back to what is comfortable. Just because you have messed up, don't go back to what is comfortable. Now, how many remembers Peter and his failure? You see, sometimes when people mess up, we remember their failures and their faults and their imperfections more than what they've done right. 
And here, when you think of Peter, you can think of Peter's imperfections. And one of his imperfections and his fault is that Peter denied the Lord three times. That's a big fault. He denied the Lord three times. But this is what's interesting about Peter's denial. And this is what I find so interesting. Uh, And and for the sake of time, I just want you to see the scriptures behind me. Number one, I want you to see this, that just because you have messed up, don't go back to what is comfortable. And sometimes in our failure, sometimes when we mess up, sometimes when we make a mistake, we want to run back to something that is comfortable in our life. We want to run to something that brings us a sense of comfort. And I am telling you today that if you're struggling, and if you're going through the valley this morning, you're going through something that you feel like you can never get rid of, or maybe you're struggling with some sort of secret sin, or or you're struggling in your mind or in your heart, that doesn't mean you need to continue to live there. Struggle is the sign that you haven't been defeated. So if you're struggling, ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to struggle in the right direction, but never give up. Never give up. And just because you've messed up, don't go back to what is comfortable. Now look at this. John chapter 18, the gospel of John chapter 18, I want you to see something that's interesting that I believe is worth pointing out. John chapter number 18 reveals to us that Peter denied the Lord. Peter denied the Lord. For the sake of time, I'll just read a little bit of it. John chapter 18, verse number 15. And Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did the, another disciple. Now the disciple was known to the high priest and went to Jesus in the courtyard of the high priest. Then Peter, then Peter stood at the door outside. Then the other disciple was well known to the high priest who went out and spoke to her and kept the door. And Peter went in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are also one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Then the servants and the officers who made a fire of coal stood there, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them, and he warmed himself. So the Scripture indicates to us in verse number 25 of the same chapter, John eighteen twenty-five, that Peter denied the Lord three times. The servant girl kept saying, you're one of them. You're one of them. I can tell by your speech you are one of them. And Peter on and on kept denying the Lord. So the first thing I want you to see here to see is, number one, Peter denied the Lord three times if you continue to read the chapter. But I also want you to see this in John chapter number 21 and verse number 3. John chapter 21, verse number 3, the Bible says, Simon Peter said to them, who's them? His disciples or excuse me, his friends, the other disciples, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we're going to go with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. Verse number 4, but when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Now get this, John chapter 18, Peter messes up. John chapter 18, Peter denies Jesus. John chapter 18, Peter messes up. John chapter 21 and verse number 3, Peter goes back to fishing. 
You see, you see the parallel here. John 18, Peter messes up. John chapter 18, Peter denies the Lord three times. And then a couple chapters later, John chapter 21, what is happening to Peter? Peter went back to what he knew that was comfortable. You say, Pastor, what do you mean? I'm simply saying this. In chapter 20 was the resurrection. John chapter 20 was the resurrection of Jesus. So get, get, get the timeline here. John chapter 18, Peter messes up. Peter feels like a failure. Peter feels like I just denied Jesus. I denied my best friend. I said I would never do that. He feels guilty. He feels shameful. John chapter 20, Jesus is resurrected from the dead, and nobody's at the resurrection except for a few women. Peter's not there because Peter is hiding somewhere. He feels guilty. He feels shameful. And then John chapter 21, Peter is fishing because Jesus said at the beginning of the book of John that Peter was to fish for men. He was to leave his possessions, leave his job, and go fish for men. But what happens to Peter? Because Peter felt like a failure. He felt worthless. He felt guilty. He felt shameful. Peter went back to what was comfortable. Point number one is this. Point number one is this. This is what you can learn about Peter's life today, that just because you have messed up in life, I'm asking you, don't go back to what is comfortable. Peter went back to what was comfortable. Peter went back to fishing. He should have been a preacher. He should have preached for people. He should have been empowered by the resurrection. But he was hiding because he felt guilty and shameful. My friends, today, I want to reassure you today that if you have repented of your sin and you have accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, it doesn't matter how many times you come to this altar to confess and repent. This is the best place to be if you're struggling. If you're sick, this is the best place to be. If you're struggling with drugs, this is the best place to be. If you're struggling in your marriage, this is the best place to be. If your mind is tormented, this is the best place to be. If you're suicidal, this is the best place to be. If you're struck, come on, if you're struggling with identity issues, this is the best place to be. Just because you messed up doesn't mean you need to go back to what you think is comfortable. He went back to fishing because he felt guilty and shameful. Number two, what can we learn about Peter? Number two, make sure, this is what you can learn about Peter, make sure you lead with compassion when you're frustrated. Boy, I I believe we can all agree with this, and I believe we all can say a big amen to this. Sometimes when you feel frustrated in life, we don't want to lead with compassion. We want to lead with passion. We want to give people a piece of our mind. Well, I'm convinced that's why we don't have a mind, because we've given too many pieces away. Make sure that you lead with compassion in times of frustration. Peter was a frustrated individual, because in John chapter 18, look at it, John chapter 18 and verse number 10, then Simon Peter having a what? Sword. Simon Peter, having his sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servants and cut off his right ear. Now, Peter's a bad dude here. He become frustrated. Why is he frustrated? 
Look at verse number 11, John 18, verse 11. Jesus said to Peter, Peter, put away your sword. Shall I not drink the cup which my Father has given me? Listen to me, church. The reason that Peter got frustrated is this. Jesus, who is this man who is healing the sick, raising the dead, and feeding the multitudes, Peter thought, Jesus, you have the answer. And all you need to do, Jesus, is overthrow the Romans, set up your kingdom, and we, your disciples, can set with you in your kingdom. Peter's worldview was this. Jesus, please set up an earthly kingdom and overthrow the Romans, and we can help you in your new kingdom. Jesus is saying, my kingdom is not of this world. And Peter had the wrong worldview. And listen, the reason that some of us get frustrated is because your perception is wrong. The reason you're frustrated is because you're not looking at the whole picture. The reason that you get frustrated with life is because you have tunnel vision. You don't see all the picture. And the reason that Peter was frustrated is because Peter didn't see the whole picture. Peter wanted Jesus to set up an earthly kingdom. And Jesus is saying, listen, I will set up an earthly kingdom later, but now I have come to set up a spiritual kingdom, and I want my kingdom to be in your heart and not on a throne in Jerusalem. And the reason you get frustrated is because you don't understand everything. You're not God. You don't see the whole picture. And we get frustrated. And I'm telling you today, in times of frustration, you need to make sure that you lead with compassion. Instead of taking the sword out and cutting people's ears off, instead of taking your tongue out and slashing people's lives because you're frustrated, be careful that you don't cut people with your tongue in times of frustration. Be careful that you lead with compassion instead of passion. Peter didn't understand everything. He didn't understand the whole picture. And sometimes we're like Peter. We don't understand the whole picture. We don't see everything. And because we don't see the whole picture, we don't understand what God is doing. And Peter failed to realize what God was really doing. God was more concerned about the heart than he was about a physical kingdom. And the reason that Peter got frustrated and cut the servant's ears off is because he was like, listen here, you're not going to come and get Jesus. Jesus is the man that's going to fix all this, and you're not going to arrest him, so I'm going to step in. I'll cut your ear off. I appreciate Peter. Man, I wish, I mean, that's a bodyguard right there. Can I hear an amen? Every person needs a Peter in their life. Because he's like, I'll fight for you. But we got to understand that even in times of frustration, you should lead with compassion and not passion. Number three, one of the things that you can learn about Peter is this. If you don't pray, you will stray. If you don't pray, you will stray. I want you to look at the parallel here in Luke chapter number 22 about Peter's life. Luke chapter number 22, and I want you to see what Jesus calls Peter in this particular story. Luke chapter number 22 and verse number 31. Luke 22 and verse number 31. Luke 22, verse 31, I want you to see this very quickly. The Bible says, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now remember, Simon was his name. His name was later changed to what? Peter. Peter. Do you know what the word Simon means? 
It means pebble, a small rock. Now get here. Look what's happening. He says, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that your faith would not fail. And when you have returned, strengthen in your brother. And he said, Lord, I'm not go- Lord, I am ready to go with you, both in prison and death. Now, isn't that just like us? Boy, I'm going to go to church every Sunday. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then you find halfway through you're not keeping your commitment. It's like Peter. Peter denied the Lord. He didn't go prison for the Lord. He denied him. He messed up. But here you see Peter's making rash decisions. I'm ready to go with you to prison. I'm ready to go to death for you. Then verse number 34, then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall not crow this day before you will deny me three times that you knew me. Peter's like, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'll die for you. I'll go to prison for you. And Jesus is saying, listen, Peter, you're going to deny me when you hear the rooster crow. Isn't it amazing? I read this scripture and the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. Look at it. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, the enemy is desiring to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. And then he said, and when you return to me, strengthen your brother. Can I just shout here? The Lord just prophesied his failure, and the Lord also prophesied his restoration. The Lord knows you're going to mess up, but the Lord says that's not the end of the story. I also know there's enough faith inside of you to bring you back to where I need you to be. He said, I'm bringing you back, Peter. He says, but when I bring you back, don't forget to go tell somebody else your story. I want to let you know some of you have been through a lot of things in your life. And God has brought you back. And the reason that God has brought you back, he's telling Peter, Peter, when I bring you back, you need to go and you need to go strengthen your brother. The story that you have in your life is not a story that you need to keep to yourself. You need to open your mouth and you need to tell somebody else what you went through so that your brother and your sister could be encouraged in the Lord. If you don't pray, you will stray. Now get this. He refers, Jesus refers to Simon to his first name. His first name is Simon. That's his birth name. It means small pebble. But what's the context of this scripture? The context is they're going to pray in the garden. And the Bible says in verse number 46 of the same chapter, 46 of the same chapter, he says, and, and when he, and he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up so you don't enter into temptation. Listen, the context is them praying. And Jesus is saying, listen, Peter, you're going to mess up. Before the rooster crows, you're going to mess up. Peter's like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. He says, you're going to mess up, Peter. And they couldn't even pray. The, the point is this. If you don't pray, you will stray. Listen, any time you don't pray, you will resurrect your past. Because Simon, his name represents his past. Peter represents his future. Peter is the word, the name that Jesus gave him. 
Peter represents his future. Simon represents his past. And Jesus here in verse number 21 refers to this man as Simon, refers to him as his past. Because when you don't pray, you will resurrect your past and you will be a small pebble. But when you do pray, your name will become Peter and you will be a rock. And no matter what what the enemy throws at you, you will be able to withstand the trials and tribulations of the enemy because you're not Simon. You are Peter. You are a rock. If you don't pray, you will stray, my friends. Your marriage will fail. If you don't pray, your life will fail. If you don't pray, if you don't pray, you will stray. Peter's strayed because he did not pray. He was a little pebble. He couldn't withstand the temptation to deny the Lord. He couldn't stand up and proclaim his faith because he did not pray. And when you don't pray, you will resurrect a Simon in your life. When you don't pray, you will resurrect a Simon instead of a Peter. But when you do pray, Peter is resurrected in your life instead of Simon. Number four, and in closing, what can we learn about Peter? You see, how does this have to do with Easter? Has everything to do with Easter? Because Peter denied Jesus right before Jesus was crucified. Right before Jesus was put in the grave, Peter was denying the Lord. And sometimes, right before God gets ready to do something, you'll find some of the greatest failures in your life. Right before the sun comes up and the birds start singing and the angels start singing hallelujah and it's Easter morning, there's somebody somewhere mourning over their faults and failures. There's a Peter in the Easter story. There's a Peter in an Easter story that shut up behind closed doors reminiscing the sins of his life reminiscing how in the world could I have ever denied him as everybody else is singing the hallelujahs chorus and the angels are singing from heaven and the women are running to anoint his body and the angels are rolling away the stone and there's a great celebration the greatest event in human history there's always a Peter behind closed doors there's always somebody in the Easter story it's not celebrating. It's always somebody in the Easter story that's not singing the hallelujahs. There's always somebody in the Easter story that don't hear the Easter bells ringing. They no longer hear the choir singing. They can't even go to church and celebrate. There's always a Peter in the Easter story who feels too shameful to celebrate. But as I close today, I'm glad that as everybody else is celebrating the Easter story, the Lord remembers Peter. You hear me? The Lord remembers Peter. The Lord doesn't forget Peter. While everybody else is celebrating, the Lord remembers Peter. You see, 
The Lord remembers Peter. John chapter 20, verse 19. If they could pull it up, that would be great. John 20, verse 19. After the resurrection of Jesus, what's happening? After the resurrection of Jesus in John 20 and verse number 19, it says this. Then the same day, the same day of the resurrection, beginning on the first day of the week when the doors were shut, the disciples were assembled in fear. There's always Peter behind closed doors. Fearful. Always somebody fearful. You see, number four and in closing, you know what I learned about Peter? Is that love can redeem your past. You see, remember, remember that Peter denied the Lord, right? John 18, I want you to pay attention to something that I have never seen before, but I think is significant in the narrative of this story. John 18, verse 15, I want you to see something. Love can redeem your past. John chapter 18 and verse number 15, look at it. I want you to look very carefully to what's happening to Peter. And the Bible, look at verse number 16. So Peter stood at the door outside. The other disciples who knew the high priest went out and spoke to her who kept the door and brought Peter in. Then the servant girl who kept the door said to Peter, you are also one of the man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Verse 18, then the servant and the officers who made a fire of coals. Do you see that word? Fire of coals stood there for it was cold. They warmed themselves. Peter stood with them and he warmed himself. So Peter is warming himself, the scripture says, by the fires of coals. Now, we know in verse number 25, the story continues, and he denies the Lord three times. So he is standing there, warming himself by the fires of coals. Everybody shout that word with me, fire of coals. Now, I also want you to see, that's Peter's failure, John 18. But if you flip a few chapters forward after the resurrection, after Peter's failure, you will see that Peter went fishing. Remember, he went back to what was comfortable for him. But Jesus shows up at the same place. Peter's fishing. He's discouraged. He went back to what he, 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 he thought was comfortable. He gave up this Christianity thing. He made a mistake. He made a failure. He gave it up. I'm going back fishing. Forget about fishing for men. I'm just going to fish for fish. And John 20, John 21 Peter goes back to his old life. John 21, John 21 and verse 9. So Jesus shows up. Well, let's just look at it. Verse number 3. John 21, verse 3. John 21, verse 3. Simon Peter, look at verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Then he said to them, we're going to go with you. They went out immediately. They got into the boat, and that night they caught Nothing. Because when you go back to what is comfortable, you will catch nothing. When you go back to your old life, you will catch nothing. It will not work if you go back to what is comfortable. Then the Bible says, look at it. But verse 4, 
But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And then Jesus said to them, children, you have any food? And he answered, no. And he said, well, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. And so they cast And so they cast, and now they were not able to draw in because of the multitude of fish. Obedience brings the blessing, right? Verse 7, therefore the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, is it the Lord? Now Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord. He put his outer garment, for he had removed it, and what did he do? Plunged right into the sea. I like Peter. Peter's thinking, oh, Lord, I messed up. I denied you. I went back to my old life. I thought they had killed you. thought you were over. But now I'm remembering. You multiplied the loaves and the fishes. I was there and I saw you multiply the fish and the bread. And and you're back to your old ways, Jesus. (laughs) You're, you're, You're multiplying the fish again. And so he jumps into the sea and he he begins to go towards Jesus. But verse number eight, but the other disciples came a little with a little boat, for they were not far from the land, about two hundred cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw fire of coals there, and fish laid on it, and bread. Hold on. Chapter eighteen. Peter was warming his hands by the fire of coals. Remember? Now in chapter 21, Jesus has fire of coals, and now he has bread. Chapter 18, Peter was warming himself. He's feeling guilty and shameful because he's denying the Lord. But now in chapter 21, Jesus is saying, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to flip the script. I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to have some coals. I'm going to put some bread here. Because anytime you make a meal, you are inviting relationship. He's saying, Peter, I want you to sit down here and have some meal with me. Eat with me because I want to redeem what the devil tried to do in your life. Chapter 18, it was about yourself. Chapter 18, you're warming your hands. You're by yourself. But chapter 21, I got the fire out because it's about us now, and I want to redeem you. And he begins to restore. Listen, Peter denied the Lord three times. And yet now there's three questions that Jesus asked Peter. John 21, verse 15. Peter denied the Lord how many times? Three. And now Jesus asks him three questions. So when they had eaten breakfast on the fire of coals, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Listen to me, church. What was Jesus doing? Jesus is saying, Peter, you went back to your old life. You went back to your old profession. You went back to fishing. Peter, do you love me more than all of this fish? Do you love me more than your old profession? He said to him, yes, Lord. 
You know I love you. He said, then feed my lambs. You know what he's saying? Remember, Peter, I told you in chapter 1 that you was going to fish for people, and you forgot my words. I need you to go feed my people. I need you to go catch some fish. Not physical fish, but spiritual. I need you to catch people now. Verse number 16. He said to him again a second time because Peter denied him three times and Jesus is going to ask him three questions. He said to him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then tend my sheep. Not only feed them, but take care of them. Be a pastor. Go ahead and return and tell your story, Peter. How I'm going to restore you. Verse 17, then he said a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said a third time, do you love me? Peter was grieved. Peter, don't you think the Lord was grieved because you denied him three times? Isn't that what sin is? Sin is selfishness. Peter, you have, you're grieved because he's asking you three times. Don't you forget chapters before he's grieved because you denied him three times? Because that's what sin does to you. It makes you all about yourself. I'm grieved. Why do you keep asking me these questions for? He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Do you know what the Lord is doing? Lord is saying to Peter, Peter, I know you denied me, but I'm trying to restore you. And what I want to hear from you, Peter, is that you love me more than your old life. And if you love me more than your old life, and if you love me more than your old profession, and you love me more than the other things of this world. If you love me more, then I can redeem your past and I can put you on a course to greatness to change the world if you love me more than anything else. And my friends, I don't got a secret oil. I don't got anything secret to redeem you this morning. The only question I got to ask you is, do you love Jesus more than you love your old life? Do you love Jesus more than you love anything else? And if you can put Jesus number one, then Jesus is saying love can redeem what the enemy tried to take from your life. Love can redeem your past. John chapter 6, verse 67, one of my favorite scriptures. Everybody else was leaving Jesus. John 6, verse 67, everybody else was leaving Jesus. And Jesus said, are you going to leave too, Peter? Verse number 68. Then Simon Peter answered said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Do you know why I get up on cold Sunday mornings and drag myself to church? Because he has the words of eternal life. To whom shall I go? Where else is there go? Do you know why these people are sitting on the front row this morning grieving over their mother and their wife? To whom shall we go? Is there anywhere else to go to grieve? Is there anywhere else to go to have the healing balm of Gilead? Is there anywhere else to go to sense the presence of the Lord? For he has the words of eternal life.
Who else are we going to go to? Where else are we going to find comfort? He has the words of eternal life. There's nowhere else for us to go, Lord. For you have the words of eternal life. I want you to imagine Peter. Every morning, it was a common thing in Judaism to hear a rooster crow. It happened every morning. And every morning, Peter would get up and comb his hair and brush his teeth. And every morning, on the Judean hillside, he would hear a rooster crow. Tears dripped down his cheek because every day of his life was a constant reminder that he was a failure every time he heard the rooster crow. Every day could hear the rooster crow and it was a consistent reminder I messed up. I wasn't there when they put his body in the grave. I wasn't there. I was hiding somewhere because I was so guilty. But Peter would also remember I know I messed up. But I love him. I love him. I love him. Even though I messed up, I still love him. Even though I failed, I still love him. Even though I wasn't there, I still love you. I love you more than anything else. And that's why it's called the greatest story ever told. It's because God's love can redeem our very sin-sick soul. I remember... He asked me if if I love him. And I do. I love him even though I failed. I love you. Stop. I love you. I have constant reminders of my failure, but I still love you. And that's why Peter is a prime example of the Easter story. Because not everybody's in church on Easter. Some are hiding behind closed doors. And they need to hear the message today that love can redeem your past. He still loves the Peters of the world. He not only loves Mary and Martha, they were the ones that were there on Easter Sunday morning. They were witnesses. He loved them. He loved the man who died on his right and his left. He loved them. He loved Nicodemus. Oh, that man who took his body down from the cross and wrapped it in linen cloth and put it in Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. He loved all those people, but he still loves the Peters of the world. He still loves them. Even though they're not there at the Easter celebration. They're not there with the choirs. They're not there with the Easter bunny and the chocolate. And they're not there to hear the choirs sing. They're not there to hear the bells ring. They're not there to hear the clergy speak. But he still loves the Peters. 
That is why Peter is a witness of the Easter story. Easter's about new beginnings. Easter is about a new day. And ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready to celebrate the greatest day in human history. He redeemed not only me, but he redeemed Peter's. What about it, friends? I don't mean to cry. I feel the Holy Spirit calling us. If you feel today, Pastor, I have messed up. You're in the right place.